Amen. I am not lonely. I am not lonely. Uh, each time I stand before God's people, I'm, I'm so excited that I am not alone. I love this family of God. Please clap for yourself. And I cease not to thank God for this beautiful family. Happy New Month, Church. It's a month of divine visitation. I want us to look at the story very quickly, John chapter 4, before we go into our teaching for today. John chapter 4. And I will try as much as possible to paraphrase this. It's a story we all know. It's a story of the woman by the well, the Samaritan woman. Now, when the Lord, I'm reading the amplified version, the classic, the classic translation. When the Lord knew, Lent became aware that the Pharisees had, had been told that Jesus was winning and baptizing more disciples than John. So Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. He left Judea and returned to Galilee. Verse 4. It was necessary for him. Yeah, we cannot see it. It was necessary for him to go through Samaria. Why? Because it was necessary that Jesus Christ must have an encounter with that woman by the well. Maybe some of us, we need to do a little study of who the Samaritans are or who they were. Uh, the Jews, they were a mixed race. It's a long story. Uh, but the Jews felt uh, they betrayed them. So a Jew will do all that will take him not to pass through Samaria. They boycott that town because of the dislike and the hatred that they had for them. Jesus, a Jew, he was, but I had to go through that town because of one person who later came out of solitude, having an encounter with Jesus to take him over a city. I've said this before, if you will name evangelist in the scriptures, you will name that woman. Because in one day, she took over the city. A lonely woman, neglected, who will come to the well in the noon to avoid people talking about her, to avoid being seen. And suddenly, went back to the city, shouted, say, I've seen the Lord, who has told me all that I have done. Come and see are you ready for God's visitation this month? God will visit you in the name of Jesus Christ. He will visit your business. He will visit your marriage. He will visit your ministry. The Lord will visit your career in the mighty name of Jesus. The Lord will visit your health. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. All things will work together for your good in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is just an example of divine visitation in the Bible. She mentioned Abraham. We know the story. And maybe in the course of the month, we'll look at, you know, before, this, before the teaching, few, you know, examples of God's visitation in the Bible. This was Jesus Christ visiting the woman by the well. Amen. Hallelujah. Right, so we started the teaching two weeks ago. Um, titled, the Living in the Goodness of God. And we've been able to very quickly let us establish again the goodness of God. God wants to be good to us. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 84 verse 11. Psalm 84 verse 11. For the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord bestows, presents grace and favor and future glory honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing with the Lord will the Lord withhold for those who walk uprightly. We have looked at different scriptures God portraying himself as the good shepherd, we know that indeed God wants to be good to us. And I've said to us at the foundation teaching that it's important for us to know that God is good and he wants us to live in his goodness so that we can identify the works of darkness. God does not do bad. He has no capacity for bad things. We just read from the scriptures. He will not be told what is good for those who walk uprightly. And we have been made righteous because of the blood of the Lamb. So we have a right standing with God. Romans chapter 4, uh, the last verse, and Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 5, establish the fact that Jesus has done the work and we have access to God. Amen. And so we looked at Psalm 23, a favorite psalm that most of us were learned by, by default. We just realized that we could recite Psalm 23. Whether we learned it from school or somehow in the house, somehow I just, I can't remember sitting down to actually study and commit Psalm 23 to memory. I just realized that I could recite it, and I'm sure that's the story for a number of us. If you can, if you share that story with me, can you raise your hands? Let me see everyone. Amen. Okay, so let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for this moment again. Yet to look into your word, we ask, dear Father, that you will teach us your word. 
in the name of Jesus. Please, Lord, do not let any of us return the same way in the name of Jesus. Our lives will have been better for good in the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I have a very short time, so I won't be able to recap what we discussed last week. But I will encourage you to, if you don't have the slide yet, it's, it's available. Just talk to them at the media or download it from our WhatsApp group platform. It's there. I, I want to believe so, right? It's there so you can do that. Amen. So today, last week, we spoke about how God wants to be good to us by making provision for us. And God wants to provide for our needs. Okay, so, uh, so today, we'll look into uh, Psalm 23, verse 2. Verse 2a. <laughs> so we've divided this psalm into two. Okay. So because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And verse 2 he says, He lets me rest in the middle grass. He lets me rest in the green pasture. And I want you to cast your mind over the image that I projected last week where I showed us the, the picture of the desert, of, of, the, of, uh, of the pasture or the, or the Judean wilderness, as it were, where shepherds, you know, take their sheep around to graze. We, they have that for a significant part of the year. And so you might want to wonder, where is the grain? But David, being a shepherd that he was, having been a shepherd also, and yeah, a shepherd that he was, was reflecting, writing the psalm with the perspective of, of how he was able to discharge his duties, even in a, sim, a difficult situation. That despite all, I was able to lead my flock in this desert or in this wilderness. Uh, and then find green grass or edible grass for my flock to eat. I, in my research, you really, it's not really so difficult to make an animal lie down. It has to be that they have eaten their field and they are satisfied. I, my father used to have, you know, sheep and goats. You can't actually flog a goat to lie down and rest. Have, have you observed that before? Neither can you actually flog a... You can't forcefully make them to lie down. They have to have been satisfied. They have eaten and they have drank enough. And if they will sit down quietly, especially for ruminant animals like goats, then they regurgitate what they have eaten and then they begin to chew it again. Have you... Have you observed that before? Are you familiar with it? Have you been to the village before? And so David here says, the Lord is able to make me rest. Exactly the same way I was able to make my animals rest. So let's go to the next slide, Lagos, Nigeria. So, Lagos is, we all know, economic capital of Nigeria. 
third largest economy in Africa with over 22 million people, diverse culture. Even in this church, I'm so glad, I'm so excited. We have Ausa, we have Ibo, we have all culture. Hallelujah. Uh, and then you look at Nigeria, you look at, you know, defective infrastructures. Uh, sometimes in the morning, it's the noise of people fetching water from you know, across the street that wakes me up at 5 a.m. in the morning, you see people trying to get water, you know, from a house close by. Power issues. We have, you know, a lot of defective social amenities. Uh, uh, anyone who has been in Lagos for a while, in fact, if you've been in Lagos for the first time, you will not be able to experience traffic. It's, it's hellish. Uh, a journey of one hour could take you eight hours. At some point, I've had to spend six, what am I talking about? Eight hours from Mowe to Bega before. And that could be the story of a lot of people. And it's worse if you are driving a car. If you are not driving, you can come down of the bus and just, just the waka they go. But if you are driving your car, you will not have put the car on your head. So you have to wait for the traffic. These are the story. These are what we are used to. Roads are bad. You know, we just have, we have compounded issues, you know. And so stress and exhaustion is not something that we, we it's just, you know, always at our, at our fingertip, you know. It's, it's not, you don't have to go too far to see stress. People, you know, consume a lot of coffee just to stay awake and active at work. If you are familiar with my story, can you can I have a witness, please? Hallelujah. So, you want to also ask, how do we then rest in all of this? You tune in to your radio. Good news, Amen. Twitter, good news. Amen. Amen. Instagram, good news. Amen. Amen. So there are, there are so many things that could consume our energy. Yesterday after the prayer meeting, I, I just looked. Actually, the message came in during the prayer, so I didn't bother to check. And so after the meeting, I just, I was preparing for this. I'm not trying to tidy it up. I just looked at the message. I told the person I was going to call him back later in the evening. But I could not bear the story. For I had to just close my computer and trust the Lord for strength to tidy it up in the evening. I am saying that we have a number of things that could weigh us down. But yet, God is able to make us rest. So, why don't we rest? Why don't we rest? We feel that God is not interested in our rest. That's the perspective of quite a number of people. I realize that some people won't feel guilty for resting. Have you had to go to the washroom with a phone in your hand before trying to respond to a work message? You, if you have that experience, can I have your witness? You had to go to the washroom or the bathroom with a phone in your hand because you had to respond to an email. Even sometimes when you're sleeping, your phone is under your pillow because 
that phone might ring anytime. And you must attend to it. So a number of people live their lives that way. I'm guilty too. May God have mercy. Sometimes I carry my notes to the bathroom. You know, because I just... But we must understand that God laid the principle for rest. Genesis chapter 2 verse 2 says, And God having created all things, He realized that they are all good, and then He rested from His works. He rested. He blessed the seventh day, and He rested. We don't rest because of our inability to trust God and fear of inadequacies or lack. We don't rest because we are afraid. During the week, uh, we had to, if you notice, there is no sound of anything in the ceiling, right? I don't know if you observed that. Uh, we had some maintenance work during the week, and then the guy that came, it was even Emmanuel, can you please wake him up? Amen. Came down from the roof and said to me, Pastor, that we have up to 1,000 eggs in this place by the pigeons. I said, really? I said, how many birds could we possibly have? I said, Pastor, there are plenty of And then I quickly looked back to that part where Jesus said, the birds of the air, they don't, they don't worry. We have been paying rent. They don't pay rent. They are, they are enjoying their lives. This place is large. So, and so I was downstairs, and then I was, I, I just told the landlord, I said, landlord, sir, we want to do some maintenance upstairs. Though. We had to close where these birds are coming in. Landlord said, where? Up there? I said, yes. I've never seen them. I said, sir, they are there. I said, really? I said, yes. So, landlord is downstairs, doing his own trade. He, he, he was not even aware that some creatures of God are enjoying. And they are not paying rent. Hatching their eggs, multiplying in number. When, by the time they send them out, we had maybe about over a hundred birds. With a number of them just, you know, hatching their They didn't even bother to move. Maybe they would die there. I don't, but we have closed. And God, God, help us. They don't have to think about their tomorrow. And God, Jesus said to us, the tomorrow is taken care of. A number of us do not rest in the goodness of God because of fear. We, we swiftly forget God's promises when we are confronted with bills. The ones that you have sorted out, how did you do it? If God could do that and sort you out, he will do this one also. God can be trusted. Some of us don't rest because of envy. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 4 says, Then I observe that the basic motive for success is the driving force of envy and jealousy. But this too is foolishness. Chasing the wind. Why do you want to be successful? 
you know, we must get our motives right. Oh, my friend is driving a G wagon, so ah, I, I must, I must, I must also too. I must double also. And then, rather than facing what the Lord has placed before you and farming your own farm, if there is a word like that, you are busy looking at others. And you are consumed with the envy and jealousy. And you are asking, rather than celebrating with someone that is making progress, you are asking, but God, where is my own now? Some people don't think they are beautiful enough. And some people don't also think that they are working hard enough to rest because they are consumed with envy and jealousy. Motive, you must clear it. Number four, when you choose fame over relationships, then tell me how you want to rest. Because a number of times you see a lot of people abandoning relationships, family, wives, children, siblings, because I am busy. I want to be famous. And so they go out struggling and then when they come back, there is no family to return to. Everything is scattered. Trading their rest for fame. Is it bad to be famous? Oh, certainly not. God wants us to be God. I mean, Jesus is famous. Everybody knows. Even people that does not even believe in Jesus, they know that Jesus exists. Oh, Jesus is famous. So if, the, if Jesus is famous and he lives in me, I am famous too. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 7. I also observe another piece of foolishness. Around the hurt. This is the case of a man who is quite alone. Without a son or brother. Yet he works hard to keep gaining more riches. And to whom will he leave it? A number of people. They have worked so hard. They have built houses. Built businesses. But they have not built their children. And at old age they are afraid. Keeping their documents here and there. I've been afraid. You see some number of us. This house is not for sale. And you wonder, where is the owner? The owner is living in the household. He's afraid that his son, his children, might sell the house. Why is living in there? No rest. You know, our lawyer had to be sending me messages. Sir, sir your dad's account, the letter of administration. I said, I said, I don't have time. We have to. Until he told me that the federal government says they want to close every account that is done. I said, ah, no, I won't allow this man's money to go. Why have I said that to us? He trained us. People have to keep vital documents away from their children at old age. Because they have not trained them well. They cannot rest because they have chosen fame over rest. And to whom will he leave it? 
And why is he giving up so much now? It is also pointless and depressing. Don't trade relationships for fame. You will eventually lose your rest when you are actually supposed to be resting. That's no, that will be God's fault. Because sometimes you quickly blame God. Yeah, but God, why do you allow, allow this? Why do you do that? Allow this to be done? But you know, God will not also violate your will. Please, let's be careful not to blame God for what He did not cause. Either your action, your your inaction, and then it will happen, and you say, "But God, ah, you're not good, shall." But God will then respond to you. But I gave you a brain, no. Why did you not use it to? Amen. How do we rest in God's goodness? Number one, accept his promise of rest. Psalm 23 verse 2 it says, He lets me rest in the meadow's grass. The B passes, leads me beside the quiet streams. Accept his promise of rest. Accept his promise of rest. Number two, set your mind above. Set your mind above. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, 21 says, Don't stop treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value and are safe from thieves. You know, October 2nd, two years back, I was coming down. You know, I actually left my house without taking my bath because there was a delivery and I had to rush out of the house. Like, okay, I will come back very quickly. So I had to travel to Aja to attend to a container that was delivered on the side to store food. But it took a lot of time. So eventually, I didn't finish up until about uh, around 6 in the evening. I go to Oron It was a Wednesday. So I got to Oron around 7. And then somebody just, you know, came. A thieves, actually. Thieves, two of them. One on this one. With a gun. Give us your phone. Give us this. He collected everything. Give us your wedding band. Give us everything. And then, imagine if I had to go and borrow money to buy the phone because or if all that I had on me is being, you know, like I have to go out of my way to get it at all cost. Jesus admonishing and says, don't lay up for yourself treasures here on earth so, you may, so that you can have rest. Think about what is more important to you. You see, we must bear in mind as believers that the heart swiftly passes by and is fleeting desires. When we were growing up, there was a very wealthy man in our neighborhood who had a forerunner, brand new forerunner, right? maybe around, what year was that? About 1997, 98, he had he built a mansion in the Austin Estate, big. And the same foreigner today is the same foreigner they're using to tow vehicles. 
in case you are running so fast to get a latest car. It is good to get it, but don't kill yourself. Because that car you are trying to get will soon become old model. He built an expanse of land. He sold almost everything. Because he's old. Perhaps he's old and he could no longer just feel, what's the, what is this all about? You can get those, all those things. Don't get me wrong. God is interested in our prosperity. But set your mind above. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value and save from thieves. If your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. What is the Bible telling us here? Be good to people. Be kind. Share what you need. Share what you have today. Look at someone around you who has a need, a genuine need. I'm qualifying that. And help to palliate or assuage somebody's hunger. Provide help where you possibly can. That will give you rest. Number three, contentment. With a caveat, don't be complacent. Contentment and complacency, they are two different things. But be satisfied with every phase or every stage of your life while you try to do more. Let that guide your heart. Some people don't, what they have is not, is not a big deal to them. And don't forget, some people are praying or trusting to have what you already have. If you will just hear conversations in people's houses about you, you will want to thank God and be satisfied. Some of us think that God has not been good to us. But why don't you just count your blessings so you can have rest? Think about where you were two, three, four, five years ago. Look at the mirror and, and tell yourself, ah, and go and pick mirror, and go and pick a picture. Mr. said, you look at my wedding picture, but where is the bride? Where is the groom? <laughs> you don't look like where you are coming from, do you? If the Lord has helped you thus far, He will help you to the end. But be content with His blessings. First Timothy chapter six, verse six to seven. But godliness with contentment is a great gain, for we brought nothing into the world. And we can take nothing out of it. The latter part is, but if you have food and clothing, we are okay. Have you ever seen someone, as, uh, a number of us must have been to funerals before. And they said, this man is so wealthy that, ah, this is too much. There's no, there's no way to keep, please, excavate this old place and just bury it so that he can use it where he's going to. Oh, daddy loves this car so much. Yeah, he needs to drive it when, where he's going to. Number four, balance walk and rest. Set a day aside for your rest. Be intentional about it. We are all guilty of this. <laughs> May God have mercy. But remember that God himself laid the principle for rest. If you are to go on vacation, go. I'm not, if you cannot afford going to, don't go and borrow money. Somebody has borrowed money that I know 
to go out for vacation. And when he returned, she now remembered that I have to pay school fees. And I reminded her that, have you forgotten that I told you that this, is com- this will be waiting for you? Amen. You don't have to go to America or Canada. You don't need, Ghana is there. You don't even have to go to Ghana. You can travel to another state. It's cheaper. But be intentional about your rest. If you can afford US, please go and remember to buy me chocolate when you're coming back. Or if you can go to Canada, please go. Call me from there. <laughs> but if you can go to Ghana, joyfully go there. If it is Calabar that you can go, happily go there. It's no big deal. When people call, you tell them, tell your friends, send the message, my phone will be out of service because I'm going on vacation. I am traveling. Do you know when you tell people, I'm traveling, what comes to their mind is... (laughs) And then they want to know, is it Canada or US? You see, you don't have to tell them where you are going through. I beg you, I am traveling, I'm going on vacation. If you like, go to your village and be happy going there. Go and greet all your uncles that you have not seen in many years. Yes, eat fresh food, eat pandemic jam, and switch off your phone. Tell them at work, I won't be available for two weeks. I am going on vacation. Where are you going to? I will call you from there when I get there. <laughs> By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his works. Maybe somebody is saying that, uh, but the devil does not rest. But you don't have to be like the devil too. Say the devil goes about looking for whom to devour. Let him be around. Let him be going around. It doesn't matter. Don't be like the devil. You rest because your God rested and he laid the principles for rest. He that keeps Israel never sleeps on stomach. So let them be doing all sorts of things. You will, the Bible says the Lord grants his beloved sound sleep. I, I, I read the testimony of Brian Bonke. He actually said it. He said one day he went for a crusade in a town and then uh, in the middle of the night he just woke up and he just saw some people dancing naked in the compound of the hotel that he was and he looked at me and said, what are you doing there? And he asked him, are you still alive? He said, yes, I'm still alive. He said, but we're here because of it. He said, you can continue. I'm going back to, to sleep. <laughs> Amen. Number five. Understand that succeeding God's way is not instantaneous. It is the blessings of God. That make it rich and has no sorrow. If you want to succeed God's way, it is not overnight. Life is why God, why, why did why did God not create the whole world in one day? Is it that He doesn't have the capacity to do so? Verse 29, Genesis Exodus 23, 29 to 30. 
but I will not drive them out in a single day, in a single year, because the land will become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Some of us, we are too forward. You have not mastered this a stage of life. You want to dump to another and God will tell you, all oh, it's there. I am not, I'm prudent with my resources. If you cannot take care of five people, God will not give you ten people. Because he will not allow them to suffer in your hands. Some of us have not been able to successfully manage our small venture. We have not, we are, we are, we are not even positioned ourselves for increase. And then we are praying hard about it. Have you had to send your business proposal to the bank before? Your business plan. <laughs> Has anybody done that before? Oh, maybe you should. Maybe you are asking for loan. You have to bring your business plan. I am not sure banks are doing it now. That you have not started a business and they will give you money to start. Does it happen? They want to see what you have done first. What are your plans? How are you doing it? It's a principle. Where did you think they learned that from? From the Bible. But I will not drive them out in a single day, in a single year, because the land will become desolate and wild animals will be too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Enjoy the process that God is taking you to. And please don't allow God to drag you. Because Enjoy the process of increase. You want to take possession of what God has, of what God has, what God has in store for you. You must work with God. You must enjoy the process He's taking you through. Understand that succeeding God's way is not instantaneous. It's not an instant miracle. All right. And that will also inf- that will help to in- that that should inform your business decisions or where you should invest your money. Amen. It takes a process. Yeah, that's it. I think the last verse is just. Uh... Amen. Have you learned something? God wants us to rest. And when you apply these principles, you will realize that you are just resting. Your mind will always be at peace. Don't use work to kill yourself. Take time off when you have worked hard for a certain season. Of course, we know that the Bible doesn't encourage us to be lazy. There is no laziness. Uh, they receive the, the 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 largest volume of abuse in Proverbs. Laziness is not permitted. You are not supposed to be resting when you're supposed to be working. After work, after you work for a while, plan your holiday. Plan it. Plan your rest. Don't use your leave to take to to, to catch up for deliverables at work.
the Lord will bless his word in our hearts. If you want this slide, they will make it available. You can download it. We'll edit it. I saw an error there, but it will be edited and it will be circulated. Keep it. You can use it. If you are teaching somewhere, adopt it. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you clap those hands for Jesus? Okay, it's our anointing service, and then I want to quickly pray over our anointing oil. If you're in church with your anointing oil, can you can you bring them out? setting apart. We ask their Father that your Spirit will breathe upon all this oil in the mighty name of Jesus. Chains will be broken when it is applied in the mighty name of Jesus. Yoke will be broken when it is applied in the name of Jesus. We bless this oil in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Okay, go ahead and apply the oil. Families in the church, apply the oil over them, apply it over your wife, over your children. And you can still do that in the house by your family members. Let's do it from there. 